He really hits that one. Oh, that is just sensational from Luis Figo. And then Ronaldo! Here comes Eddie. Not got much help. Oh, he doesn't need any help. How about that? Portugal. And tonight they've been simply magnificent. Champions of Europe 2016. Hello and welcome to episode number nine of the Portuguese Football Show, brought to you by Prossima Jornada, hosted by myself, Aaron Barton. And as usual, I'm joined by Philippe. Philippe, it's been a while. How's it going? I am good. Happy to be back. So happy to be back. Absolutely delighted happy to, be back. to be back. We've got we've got a lot to catch up on. Uh, we we took a short break. Uh, I think it was like two or three weeks we had off from the podcast. Lots of people have been getting in touch to say when's the podcast coming back, and and um, we didn't really have a date set for it. And um, there was loads of things going on, but it looks like. We've returned at the uh, at the right time. There's been a lot of things going on in football in the last 24 to 48 hours. We actually planned to talk a lot about the Super League and in terms of what it means for clubs in Portugal going forward into the Champions League and the Europa League. If, if these clubs, these um, these uh, quote-unquote big clubs would have been expelled, but then the notes sort of went out the window because as we were preparing to... To, to do the podcast today it looks like the Super League has just collapsed in on itself lots of teams have pulled out lots of players uh, are now on social media actively sort of you know celebrating the decision for the clubs to have pulled out I think at the time of recording Chelsea Man City Atletico Madrid um, I think Man United well Man United's uh, Ed Woodward has left the rumours that Juventus has president is, uh, or chairman is is leaving so yeah I think to be honest by the time this comes out I imagine it to be you know flat as a cardboard box to be honest um, which is a good thing uh, it was a terrible idea to begin with but as I say not much reflecting in terms of what it would have meant for Portuguese clubs because uh, we reported FC Porto were invited allegedly and, and the president Pinto da Costa said he just said no straight away. He wasn't interested. Club wants to be in the Champions League. See themselves as a Champions League club, and um, so yeah, that that was pretty much it. There wasn't any reports of any other team being invited. So that's sort of out the way. But what we have got to catch up on, because there's lots of other people that are speaking about the Super League. So we want to focus uh, on what we love, which is Portuguese football and those Portuguese footballers uh, playing abroad. Many of them at those. Uh, those clubs that were invited, who are now, once again, we believe, free to play for the national team, playing the Champions League. Um, so we'll see how that one rolls out. But yeah, happy to be back. As I say, lot, lots has happened. Lots has happened in the Premier League as well. And, and um, we'll be touching, well, we'll be doing more than touching on it. We'll be talking about the the title battle, which is now started in the Premier League. And it seems like, Philippe, when... Super when we finished, when, when we when we finished our last podcast, uh, the title was won. <laughs> Sporting had it wrapped <laughs> up. I think like ten points ahead, and it, it seemed like. And then yeah, we go away for two weeks, two three weeks, and and uh, we're, you know it it's now a title race. 
the relegation. In, in these two, three weeks, Benfica <laughs> went to be uh, gone to come back strong and be in a, a serious run and then to lose against Gil Vicente. And now they're gone again. So, <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> and then, yeah, you've got the consistency in, in FC Porto, who obviously went out of the Champions League recently as well. I think the last time we spoke was possibly after the Juventus second leg. So, um, yeah, lots and lots to unwrap. Lots going on with the relegation zone, especially a match that is just finished. It's about half an hour ago, the Friends um, game away past us Freire. So, lots to unwrap. I don't really know where to start, to be honest, Philippe. I feel like we're just going <laughs> to sort of freestyle of things, on this guy. I mean, let's let's... Because in terms of the structure, it sort of went out of the window when everything kept changing. I mean, I'm not checking my phone during the recording of this, so we might be busy for an hour, two hours. So many things could be happening on my phone that I'm not checking. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so that's why it's better not even speak about it, because <laughs> you might say something and tomorrow morning everything changes. So. It's not true, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, so, it's crazy. Right, well, to be honest, as I say, it will be... Um, pretty loose or pretty it'll be a bit of a freestyle this one but i do want to get started i think the best place to start in portugal um just to round up what's happened over the last couple of weeks and to get into where we are at the moment is at the top of the table the title battle which which is is, is now occurring lots of people now believing that Benfica after that defeat are, are now back out of it. They're on 57 points. Second place, Porto are on 63. Sporting is a top with 69. So they've still got a nice point buffer. This isn't one or two points that we're talking about. But with 27 games played, equal amount of games played for, for, for those two sides. And also Benfica, if... You know, if if their fans will still be hoping, hoping for a, a collapse of those top two clubs, but uh, so yeah, recently we've saw Sporting actually go through a little bit of a rut in terms of those two draws. Firstly, coming against Morenense, and then the second one, uh, a Familicao, and then coming back with a one nil win against Friends. It wasn't the prettiest of games, but as Friends have shown tonight, they're a, they're a tough they're a tough team. Just beat Passos Ferreira two nil. And um, yeah, they sort of came away from that one a little bit unscathed. They got the three points and, and they, they travelled from Faro back up to Lisbon. And I think in terms of confidence, that will have done them the world good because I think the third consecutive draw or even possibly a defeat uh, would have been so detrimental in terms of the players' mentality. But um, Philippe, you actually made a good point off air in terms of the timing of the games and, and how you believe that may be a factor. Um, so, yeah, Philippe, what, what are your thoughts? What's been going on in the last couple of weeks? Yeah, with, with Sporting, I think, um, obviously, the two draws they had in a row. I, and and because it's been such a long time since they won a title and, and a lot of the players are quite young, I think, um, in terms of being stable, I think, I think yeah, the, a big rock. Um, and I think, honestly, like we spoke about before uh, of air, I think it was that Porto played after. So I honestly think if Porto against Nacional had been before the sporting game and Porto had still have won against Nacional and then the difference would be only three points, even though obviously sporting would still have to play against France, that would make a massive difference in terms of head uh, mentality. Because I think between the game, between, uh, the game they play against Moreirense 
and then the game uh, they play against Famalicão. They went to see in the table that Porto had ten points behind, and before the game they played against Famalicão, has only been five points. So by only playing one game, even though Porto had played two games in between, they drop a difference to half. And I think that was um, in terms of calmness they could put in the game against Famalicão. I think that made a massive difference. Uh, so I think it was really good for them that they were able to play before uh, Porto and they could feel a bit more relaxed. But even during the game, it was, it was not really relaxing, to be honest. Uh, sporting really struggled. In terms of the game itself, I think was, I, I write in my notes, it was a, a manager's game. Because I think Ruben Amorim thought a game in a way that didn't play now. So I think he thought he would have a lot of the ball. He took the, the speed of getting in behind out of the game because... For people, you can see on the TV, but if you ever been in the stadium of Ferenc, it's very, very small. So he has no space to go in behind. So if he thinks they're going to play against a team that's going to drop, he brought into the game a lot of players that can have the ball and try to create spaces when actually Ferenc completely changed the plan because it was actually a team that pressed really high on the pitch and caused Sporting a lot of problems. So... It was. It was. Uh, it was. It's going to be interesting to see these next two games. I think these next two games of Sporting to Blenense and then Braga can say a lot of the title. If Sporting are able to win both games, then it might be done. I think six points then will be enough. But if Sporting loses against Blenense or draws against Blenense and then is not able to win against Braga, then will be. A big big difference and then I put all my chips on, on Porto actually to win the title so it's, it's crazy in a week everything can change everything can be done or everything can change so it's, that's why it's, yeah. a, it's very fun to, to watch I, as you say there that just that point then about putting the chips taking all your chips off one side of the table and putting them to the other that's literally the reality of, of it at the, at the minute in terms of how quickly it changes I mean we were saying and you can go back and listen to those older episodes. We were talking, you know. I know I was saying, look, it looks pretty much wrapped up. You can't see them. We to be fair, we said we we had an episode where we spoke about the fact that we thought Sporting would lose a game this season, and what will that do sort of mentally? Now I think they've actually they haven't lost the game, but I do think they've went through that little period that I was actually referring to. I was alluding to this. Drop in performance and still getting results and how long can that actually go on for? And it seemed like that just kept going week after week after week. And although they haven't lost a game, it felt like that sort of did come true a little bit in terms of those draws. They The games before the draws as well were like 2-1 against Santa Clara, 1-0 Tondela, 1-0 Vittoria, and then you had the, the 2-1-1. So Sporting think haven't been blowing the opponents away even when they were winning games, which which made which made you think sooner or later this is going to catch up with them, and how will they deal with that? And that's what we spoke about when we spoke about them losing the game. It's it's how do you deal with that? And these two draws, and sort of the Porto going on this this run of of winning games and and you know coming close and um, sort of shortening the lead at the top, that will have almost affected them in the same way in terms of okay, this actually feels a little bit real now. It does feel like we're in a title battle. Because although Ruben Amarim will say, take it game by game, when it comes to actually the players and in their head, it's impossible 
to always keep your eye just on the next game because as players they will want to look towards the future and they will look and they'll see 10 points on the board and that's natural you can't stop that you can't stop that's a manager's job is to stop players from becoming sort of complacent not saying complacency is the issue but it definitely factors in uh, that's why you have to applaud teams in other countries in other leagues that have such massive points you know leads at the top are teams who win every single week because people think you know that's a very easy thing to do, but but it's not because when the pressure's on you to win every single week, that's a completely different sort of type of pressure. And Sporting, as you rightly said, there, Philippe, it's not something Sporting have been used to. You know, they've they've came close a couple of times in recent seasons, but you know, two decades without a league title, and I think at the, if you if you'd have said at the start of the season, you'd be at this point. At the top no, of the league. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, sporting fans now are panicking. But if you would have gave them this situation at the start of the at the start of the season and said you'll be on sixty nine points, you've got a six point buffer over Porto, and you're twenty seven games in, you go, oh my wit, yeah, you'd snap your hand off. It's just because it feels like it's been winning every single week, and now the little bit of doubt is starting to creep in. The in terms of the fixtures you just alluded to there, they've just to for the listeners, because obviously just to have them sort of in front of you, have them in your ears as we're speaking. So you sporting have got uh Bellin Sad at home, Braga away, National at home, Gioav away, Bovista at home, Benfica away, and then finishing off the season with Maritimo at home. So some Benfica away is the big one. Um, Braga is a big one. Braga away. Berlin is sad, as you say. Those those two next games, and then uh, sandwiched in between that, you've got Gioav Nacional and Maritimo. Porto, likewise, have also got to travel. Benfica away. Their run of fixtures looks a little bit like this. Uh, Vitoria at home. Morenense away. Familiacao at home. Uh, a fairly resurgence. Familiacao as well. That won't be a walk in the park. Benfica away. Won't be a walk in the park either. Then after that, they've got friends. Again, we've we've spoke about friends time and time again. How even when they don't seem to get points on the board, at times they they I mean they try. Let's be honest. They 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 give a good game to most teams that that whether they're travelling away from home or at home. And then they've got Chioav away, and then Bellin and Sassad at home. So a lot of the same teams. The way that the the fixtures have have, have fallen. A lot of the same teams, as I say, Berlin and Sassad, Gioav, Benfica. Uh, so, it's an interesting one. It's a really, yeah. really interesting one, I think. I mean, and I, there'll I be another, another factor to judging him. I think, looking at the Porto games, I think they have um, a bit easier run than, than Sporting actually have. But then there's a, a, a little tweak, which is... They were going to go on a big run of playing to weekend, midweek, uh, weekend again for a long time. So he started with Santa Clara and then they played Chelsea midweek, Tondela weekend, Chelsea midweek, Nacional weekend. Now they're going to have Guimarães midweek, which probably when there's some people that will be listening when with this game actually being played, but will still be uh, Thursday. Then they play weekend Moreirense, then midweek Famalicão. So it's going to be still a week and a half to go where they have three games. And, and in this last game against Nacional, we could see them uh, tired by the end because Nacional is not a good team and they were still able to create some problems to, to port. So I think fatigue-wise, that's going to be a big factor that's going to play out as well. No, they didn't look 
it wasn't a good game at all. Portugal supporters were were rightly so. They were fuming after that game, to be honest, in terms of... They were fuming pre-game with um, some of the squad decisions. Uh, Fabio Vieira was playing for the B team. Uh, Otavio was obviously out. So... There was there was a little bit of negativity in the air. I felt before the game had even had even started, and and it, they managed to get the win. They managed to you know to to come home uh, from Madeira, which as you say against a, a national side that just seemed to lose every single week. I think they're on maybe a nine or ten nine week, weeks con- now. Nine, nine weeks nine consecutive, consecutive. now. Yeah, I think his league record. I think never in the Portuguese Premier League uh, was a team losing nine games in a row. And losing I'm them not in hundred percent sure, but um, if it's not the, the the biggest one, he, he's it's close. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, very very close. They they lose games. I find national in in the strangest of manners in terms of when I think about like the Braga game, they 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 lost two one, and then the Passos game they lost two one, and then they go from that to losing 5-1 at home to Portimonense and then they lost 5-1 away at Santa Clara and it's like the games where they put up and then they and then they go back to to a, a narrow fit like a narrow game a 1-0 deficit against Porto and they sort of they're just a strange team because yeah they're still getting beat every week but they get beat in so many different ways and they get beat in so, for so many different reasons but like they, they'll try and keep you know, try and defend obviously in a low block and and um, try and frustrate opposition. But then in games against like Santa Clara and Porto Menendez, they were all over the place. They had absolutely no defensive organization whatsoever. It's like they didn't yeah. they didn't look like the same team. Obviously, they're not setting up the same way against the Santa Clara as they will against Porto because if they set up that way, Porto could put you know it could be double digits, which we've seen in recent years in the game against Benfica. You know they don't want that to happen again. But it's um, They've got to find some middle ground because they're just choosing between getting battered and losing narrowly. Like, surely there's yeah. a, an option C. Like, surely there's a third <laughs> option. Like, can you frustrate them? Maybe get a draw because, as you say, it's nine French. Yeah, yeah. It's and and, and it, it's, it's, it's funny as well because with them, I honestly think, and, and to be fair, before we, our well, last podcast, we were still not sure about who was going to be the manager of, of Nacional. Obviously, they went to to Manuel Machado, which is a a person that the president really knows well and been already a couple of times in Nacional before. But I don't think he's obviously didn't start the best way because he's, he lost the first two games five one. But in, even in this press conference, it was always about how not to lose and how not to concede many goals, which obviously the message didn't work, and it never works because basically when you approach a club, Nacional was losing games, but. They had an identity. They were a team that tried to play football with uh, with uh, Luis Freire. And they changed completely their approach to trying to be more defensive, but not even in an organized way. And it's never a good message to when you get to a club, the first team talk that you do in the first week of training sessions is about not how we're going to win games, it's how you're going to lose games. And, and it never gets in a player's head the best way because it tells you that your manager doesn't trust the team that they have to actually win games. They keep trying not to lose games. And it, it sounds silly, but, but it's good. And I had a manager when I was younger and we were not in my club, we we're not doing a, a good moment. And he comes in along and he says, 
We can never approach a new club and say how you're not going to lose. You need to say how you're going to win for the first week because you need to make the belief to the players that they are able to succeed and, and go forward. And obviously this approach uh, didn't really happen because even in the, in the press uh, after the games, it's been about how they're not being compact, a uh, negative approach to the game. And the players normally in the beginning, they don't, they don't like that. So it obviously didn't work. They are yeah. my bet for relegation. The mine as well, to be honest. And and as you say, there even just in terms of getting that extra ten percent out of players is, you know, Philippe, you've got experience coaching and, and and coaching young players, and you that is even just going in with that belief system of saying, right, this is how we're going to approach the game to win. We might not win. You know that might not happen. You can't guarantee your group of players that you're going to win unless you just a Mourinho the way you used to do it at Porto. But even that was like. You know, extraordinary. I mean, in terms of saying to a group of players, this is, you know, this is the structure. This is the way we're going to play. This is how we're going to get results. And this is how we're going to win games. And that, I feel like that squeezes an extra 10, 15% out of players because they talk about the new manager bounce. You know, the, 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 especially here in England, it's a, it's a big thing with, you know, the manager merry-go-round that we see year after year is, is a manager will come in and a team may have lost, you know, six or seven games, and they, and they'll win a game, and then they'll draw a game, but win another game, and then usually they'll start losing again. But what it is is they've came in, as you say, with that sort of fresh idea. The whole point is let's see how we can start. A manager's either been sacked because they're drawing too many games, and they need to turn those draws into wins, or they've been getting battered every week. And then, yeah. as you say, approaching it with, you know structure and being defensively sound yet yeah, of course you need to do that especially if you're leaking goals every week but you've got to have a plan to actually go up the other end and score if you're yeah, you can see yeah you're absolutely you... right because you can see with the family cone uh they changed manager more yeah. or less in the same time when they went from Silas to Vieira and even mm-hmm. though they lost this weekend but you could see the difference how they're playing yeah. and it didn't become more defensively they actually became more offensively and with the strategy and with the plan because yeah. you need to give that belief to the players that they are actually able to succeed. Otherwise, it's, it's pointless. But anyone can relate to that in their work. Whatever you do, if you have a new boss that comes along, and instead of giving you ways to be more productive and and uh, and improve, if he comes with ways that to keep you ways you are and not um, not to make uh, more mistakes, it's it's ridiculous. We want to start in a in a positive note. To, to give the belief to to a group of players they're already not believing in themselves because they can see that they're losing games yeah. so in terms of mindset obviously not the, the best way to start I feel like the worst thing as well with a manager it, it sounds so obvious to say but the worst thing for a manager when, he come, when they come in is if the team start losing straight away Let's you know have a couple of days in the training field. Let's let's get his ideas. Let's see what his identity is. See what his vision is for the future. If you start losing straight away, you haven't because you haven't even convinced the players a hundred percent anyway before you even kick the ball. So you need to win games and you need to get points in order to win the players round. If your manager comes in and in your first two games you're conceding five in both games, the players are already switched off. Like I know that sounds really like over the top, but in terms of the players. If the first thing, as you say, the first thing that they experience under a new manager is negativity and heavy defeats, 
you can get the, you can get beat because anyone can lose a game of football. But if you're getting beat and there's a clear identity of what you're doing to turn it round, then you're at least on side. But if you just if you if you're getting battered still, and you're actually getting battered worse, you'd be thinking, what was like? How am I supposed to believe in this? Like you'd have to be an incredible manager, and you'd have to be an incredible man manager. To say, right, I know we've just shipped 10 goals in two games, but believe me, like, it's working. As a player, you go, what? It's not working. Like, I can see it's not working. Yeah. You can see it's not working. So, I think it is so important <laughs> for for those initial, initial games. I always remember, um, going off topic a little bit here, but Pep Guardiola, when he, when he went from being Barca B manager to the first team, and the, the first couple of games didn't go well. I think they either they either drawn in the first game to someone to some lowly opposition and they lost the game as well, I think. And uh, and yeah. I remember the the Barca board were basically saying we should have went with a high profile manager. We shouldn't have promoted someone like a a former player, a B team manager, sort of trying to keep it within the, those principles of the club and the values of sort of promoting from within. And he speaks about it in his book. I think that it was his first book, I think, where where I read it from. And he said, like, he had to sort of inst- the players. It was an embarrassing defeat or an embarrassing draw, and he had to sort of instill within the players that, like, because he said he he could feel like he was losing them already, like after one game. And I th- that's what I always think about, like, when a manager goes in, go in first foot forward, positivity, and it just doesn't, you know. I, th- I feel like it's so easy to lose a team within the first sort of week if if your ideas aren't being passed across because the players have already switched off they're already thinking you know this is just more of the same no player wants to go to training Monday to Friday knowing that on Saturday they're going to lose a game because it's just it's not natural is it as you say there every walk of life you go into work knowing that your boss is just you know <laughs> you don't want negative you don't want negativity and that's not to suggest we don't know what's going on in the training pitch and stuff. I just mean in terms of players, especially young players, the mentality at times can be, you know, a little bit fragile. And and, and I think yeah. the, the 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 results haven't been anything but positive. Have they? They haven't they haven't been positive at all. So they they're also my bet. I think to go, to to go down. Go go down. Yeah. Um, do you know what? Do you want a quiz question before we move on? Go on. Talk about because I remember this. It's like one of the facts I remember in my head about their Barcelona season, and we have a little relationship with Portugal. You get it at the end, without counting the playoff games to the Champions League on the first season of Guardiola. Can you guess which team did Guardiola team Barcelona beat first? What was which... their first win? So I completely missed that. I completely missed the actual. So the the first game that they won. Yes, without counting all... the playoffs of the Champions League, because they play they played against We Love Krakow and they won. Then the league started. Then, like you said, they had a defeat and a draw, and then their was it a defeat? Win... Was it a defeat and a draw? Yeah. Yeah, and then their first win of the proper league counting uh, Spanish league and Champions League. Do you remember who against it was? I remember. I'm trying to think of the league games, but I can't can't think. So, I feel like you're tricking me. I feel like this is a trick. I feel like it's going to be someone really I obvious. I give you a massive clue. People no, in no. The, in, wherever they're listening, they're thinking, oh my God, he gave you such a good clue. <laughs> you said... 
Oh, I think is that the season? He, is the first season when he played sporting in the in the, in the group yeah, stages? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it? Yeah, it was sporting three one. They won. Three, in the I was gonna now. say. I was gonna say three nil. Three three one. Yeah. Three one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's. It. I was thinking about the league game because I know the and their first league game that they won. Pep speaks about this in the book as well. Is he, he, he battered whoever he played? Like they went, <laughs> it was it was a defeat or a draw, and then whoever yeah. he played in the league, I can't remember who it was. It was it was someone <laughs> in the bottom of the table. He battered them oh like six nil. Yeah, they were straight after Sporting game. They they won six one against I don't know who, but you 6-1? know who was it? Who was it? I don't have it here now. No, I'm going to ask you something else, even better. Second quiz question for everyone. Go on. Do you know, so it was 3-1 for Barcelona in the game against Sporting, who mm-hmm. scored for Sporting you're never going to get? Um, uh, no, I do. I do. Did, did, did he? Um, it, was, it was right near the, it was right near the end. Was the game already 3-0? Like it, it was, it was, it was, no, no, no. It was, it was, it was the 2-1 at the time. 2-1 at the time. Oh, the game yeah. finished 3-1. Um... So Sporting was into this until the 87 minute was when the three one happened. No, so I Sporting scored on the 72nd minute. I'll give you a clue. He was centre back, Portuguese centre back. <laughs> he played ages for Sporting and then he finished his career a career I think at Feirense. Oh, centre half. Um, oh, what's his name? He played for Portugal. He was he what, like a one cap. He, I'm sure he got. Like, he was like a one cap. Tonel, Tonel, Tonel. Do you reckon he's a, a one? Yeah, it's Tonel. It was Tonel. It, I am. Did he play for Portugal? I think he did play for Portugal. I'm sure he's a one cap one there. Because when I was doing was the research, two games, got, two games, two games. Oh, oh, he's two cap one there. He played two games. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> this sporting team was crazy. I'm going to say quickly because otherwise I will not be able to sleep. Rui Patricio, quality. Abel, Polga, Tonel Caneira. And then in the midfield, they had Rochenbach. Ooh, Rochenbach. <laughs> João Moutinho, Ismailov, Romagnoli. And then the front, Deirdley, Yannick Jalo. <laughs> <laughs> Romagnoli in the number 10 behind. <laughs> Against them, they play Dani Alves, Valdez, Xavi, Iniesta, Messi, Eto, Henry. <laughs> did he? Did he not? Did it wasn't him? Um, who did he say was up front? Then was it Yannick Jallo and and Dele? Wasn't was he, was 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 um, was Helder Postiga? He was there at that time, wasn't he? Did he? he was why, on the bench, yeah. Ah, Edson okay. was injured apparently, ah, and okay. Postiga was in the bench. Okay. And there's no um, no Miguel Veloso in that team either. He was in the bench as well. He was in the he, bench he as well. On. He then the assist <laughs> to Tonel's goal. That's I, don't, I don't remember this goal, but I imagine if he was assist for Miguel Veloso and a goal from Tonel, or a corner or a free kick. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember the, the goal at all. It was just because you said um, centre back and port, yeah Portuguese centre back, and there I was thinking it can only be him because. So yeah, it only left me. It was it was the process of elimination that it wasn't actually my knowledge. You you had to tell me he was a Portuguese centre back playing for Sporting at the time. Um, couldn't have be been. I don't think even else. Sporting fans might remember that Tonel score in his game. I wouldn't. I cannot remember the goal. I'll be honest. I can't remember. I, don't, the, I have no idea the goal. I remember the oh. second uh, the second game they played in the group stage. I think it was five two for Barcelona. That's, that's and the one Miguel I, I remember. Miguel scores more. an amazing goal that day. Obviously, as he does from 
Um, At the time, he was incredible. Yeah. Well, should we go back to topic? So, yes. Aaron, so the first fight, the first and second place, oh, who would be God, your bet? Yeah. Sporting or Porto? Uh, I think I'm still with Sporting. I think Sporting. You're still or, with or, Sporting. Yeah, yeah. I think I think those next two games are huge, and I think the next two games. Porto have just got to win every single game. <laughs> they've got to, they've got to make sure they don't slip up and give and give any more confidence to to Sporting. They've got to stay sort of hot on on their tails. But I I don't know because I think Braga is such a big game for Sporting. I think if they can come away from from Macquarie with a win, then you've got Nacional. I mean, they'll they'll defend the same way they did against Porto. Break them down. That's a win. Rio have away. Bovista, Benfica, Maritimo, and even the even the Benfica games, a lot being made of the fact that both teams have got to play them, uh, and they're both away from home. But it depends the fact on Benfica they're gonna face in it. exactly, and it, it it's also the fact that if it was just one team, if it was just like say Sporting had a nice run of easy fixtures and Porto had to play Benfica away, you'd be thinking, oh, you know, Benfica could really be doing Sporting a favour there. But the fact that they've both got to play them. Sort of like it, it. It's almost like part of the title is in Benfica's hands, like because one Benfica could turn up against Porto and the other one can play against Sporting. You know, they they have got this sort of duopoly, this sort of Jekyll and Hyde. They go on this amazing run, which we predicted they'd do when you, towards the end of the season, because teams that have got good depth and teams that have got a good manager, which judges you still is, um, still you know that that's whatever you may think about them. He's still a good manager. He still knows how to win football matches. And he thought, yeah, they'll go on a run. I actually, hand on heart, I actually saw Benfica not losing the game until the end of the season when we were recording our pod, the the old one from a couple of weeks ago. And since then, they went on this run. And, and then I, I, that result the other day was just like, I really didn't see it coming. Like, I did not see that coming whatsoever. I thought straight wins. They put five by Passos the, the, the week before. Um, it is uh, defeat um, in my because in my view the next fight after is the, the spot for the third place they will take the playoff of the Champions League yeah, between Befica and Braga and, and it's, it's funny because both teams are Befica's in a good period but then this defeat it feels like inf- deflated them a lot because they were, I think they were still dreaming about fighting for the title and now it's, it's completely on it's 12 points from to yeah. Sporting and then another six to Porto is to eighteen points that the other it's two too much to lose is too is too much, so I think is a, is a big blow. But then Braga must be kicking themselves as well because they were such in a nice position and yeah. lately, yeah, they only two points behind Benfica. But they must be thinking if they had the win against Rioav this weekend, yeah. but if they sad. were able <laughs> to win any other game that they were not able to win in the last five, is is yeah, it's uh, it's but this is not new I remember last time we were recorded we started having this conversation which is Braga when they played more often Carvalhal complained about the the schedule and then they were still able to win games and now they have time to train they, they're not being able to win games because yes yeah, their defence is, is leaky and I think the attack was a lot depending on a, the, the amazing form of Abel Ruiz there obviously mm-hmm. because he's, he's not all of that in that period of, of five games where he scored seven goals, I think, or something like that. So they, it's it's hard uh, to to judge this one. Who's going to actually finish third? Because I cannot trust any of the teams to to make a in these last seven games to win five games. 
So uh, it is. Yeah. It is. I it's think hard the table. As well. I think the table up to the top. Top five, as it stands, I think it'll stay like that. To be honest, the, the, I think. I think honestly, I think. I think Sporting will win the title. I think Porto will come second. And I think Benfica will have enough in there and they've got enough experience to get over that line, I think. Um, you know, Braga, seeing Braga in the Champions League under, under Carvajal would be, you know, a sight. And he likes to, you know, have his teams play in the right way. And, and we've he's a person we've we've applauded on here, you know, many times before. But I think, I don't know, I just think Benfica will have the edge over them. Just that know-how and uh, being in this this period sort of before whether it be challenging for Champions League challenging for titles and then Braga in fourth and then you've got Passos at the minute who has six point they've got a six point gap over Vitoria Vitoria have obviously their next game they've got to go and play Porto so if if we're taking what we said before about the title and our predictions there and we're saying Porto win their next game and, and so the Sporting then that sort of gap isn't going to close and then the, and then everyone will be on 28 games played, uh, sort of going into the last f- few games. So I can see it, to be honest, I can f- see this. This this. I mean, this is where we come back to this podcast in a couple of weeks' time and go, Porto at top, pass us seventh, <laughs> Braga at third. You know, <laughs> yeah. But like, I, I, I can just see them getting sort of consistency at the right time. What I was saying then about the know-how and being in this position before and, and having that, sort of edge and you've got players in the team who you know who, who know what it's like um and like basically the club's identity is you know to win and to be challenging and be up there and then that sort of happened and it was like did not see that happening i saw them going on i mean the, and their fixtures as well they had Gil Vicente and then they had Portman Santa Clara Tondela National and Victoria, and then in between those was was Porto and Sporting, obviously, which would have been the two massive games. But I was seeing them winning every every other one of the games, uh, apart from the Porto and Sporting game, and then anything they got from those sort of could dictate where they'd finish. But then sort of that Gil Vicente thing is just that's finished their chances, in my opinion, to be honest. So uh, I I do think they'll finish in that third place. The third place is is a is a Champions League qualifying spot, if I'm not. If I'm not mistaken, first and second are automatic uh, group yeah. stages now, which obviously wasn't the case last season. So that's um, you know, that's brilliant to see that you've got two guaranteed Portuguese teams in the Champions League. Whoever those two teams are, literally not bothered in the slightest. I just like to see Portuguese uh, in the Champions League and then Europa League. Depending, so in the cup we've got Benfica and Braga. So you've got one spot for the Europa League and then one spot for the new the new kid on the block, the new competition, the UEFA Europa Conference League, I think is the full title. So yeah, that I mean we'll see what that's like. I think Yeah. The but even yeah. the fight for, for that place is gonna be good. I I, I, I um, agree with you on the fifth place. I think passes will end up there. I don't think Guimarães or Santa Clara will still get to him. But the sixth place being a conference league uh, place, they will still be uh, interesting to see because Guimarães right now is on 38. Santa Clara on 35 is obviously fighting for that spot as well. Moreirense on 34 can still get there. And then I can even stretch to Portimonense, which is on an amazing run right now with 32. They have that six points still behind Guimarães. Um 
but thinking that Guimarães is not well, they they won again against Santa Clara, but they spent a long time without winning. They <laughs> you know break, they change manager as well. Um, so <laughs> I can club. see <laughs> another club. I think it's been in overall sixteen uh, manager swaps, which is Jeez, incredible. Even is for Portugal, standard is way yeah. too much. But yes, yeah, so my next question to you will be between. If you see any other of these teams, maybe if you put Tondela or Gil Vicente in this fight, I personally don't. I think that's too far. And which one do you think, Ashley, can make the sixth place? Or you, or you believe that they could stop the league now because this is... How is it going to be until the <laughs> stop, end? Stop everything now. That's how it's going to be. Stop the count. <laughs> I think it's... Yeah, stop the count. I think... It's, I, think I mean, I can't show Santa Clara because Santa Clara are the, are the biggest win-loss, win-loss, win-loss team in the league I mean if you go through their form they, they every single they never draw a game either <laughs> Santa Clara they, they like, only have five draws they, it's, they, it's true. They, they have five they, draws only they do not draw a game they I, I think you, your money would be on Vittoria but then I'm going to go past Monarins I'm actually going to look a little bit at Porto Monarins because their form recently and obviously they've got the greatest forward in the entire world in in Beto. Yeah, I mean the guy, he deserves some 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 plaudits, some attention. He scores every single type of goal. Um, Beto goal. He's yeah, like he 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 is just he's on an incredible bit of form at the minute. I think in his last, we'll go through his games. So starting with the most recent game and going backwards 1-0 against Famalicão match winning goal uh, 3-0 against Vitoria he scored in that uh, 5-1 against Nacional he scored twice uh, the 2-1 loss against Porto he assisted Porto Menentes goal then the week before that they got beat 2-0 by Santa Clara and he didn't do anything but then the week before that again 3-0 win 2 goals couple of weeks before that goal against Gil Vicente assist against Braga he Scores and assists against, you know, whether it's Braga or Porto or whether they're playing against Nacional, he seems to sort of, um, he's just in this incredible bit of form at the minute. And as I say, some of the goals that he scores, he he scored some unbelievable goals. He scored one of the goals of the season uh, not yes. too long ago. So if they can keep him firing and they show that those levels of consistency, they're on three consecutive wins at the minute, which I don't think you could say for any of the other teams who are fighting for that position. Vittoria have been in some awful form recently. They've obviously won recently, but again, Morinense draw a lot of games, lose a lot of games, and, and I think they've only won one in six, maybe, one in five. So they, on form, they're probably... You know they they're in the strongest bit of form, but then at the same time they're the furthest away from sixth. So it'd be interesting. I can't really say who's, who would be that there to be honest. I mean, if Vittoria with the squad they've got as well, if they pick things up, you think just get a bit of consistency towards the end of the season. But I don't know. Could see Porto Menens going for it. You know, <laughs> what about yourself? Me, I I actually think Guimarães will make it. Just because I really like the way that uh, Bino, the new manager, is 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 making use of uh, Edwards um, again. I think it's so for if anyone has not been watching Guimarães in the last two games, if they play in a three four three or five four one, very similar to to how Sporting uh, is played in the beginning of the season or now, but in the beginning, 
And I think Edwards now is is much more important than he was before because he's a bit more free of of defensive duties. And in my view, it's, it's so clear that if in this team you take the best out of Edwards, your team will be better. So, so I can see them now um, be actually be in the sixth place uh, because yeah, Santa Clara is sometimes is is, is something curious that I was I was gonna talk about before when when the fans return. Santa Clara at home had the same points in three games where they had fans than in the other 10 that they didn't have fans. So it's to see just the importance, but they're very up and down, like you said. Moreirense is the same thing. I struggle for them to to see them as a, as a European uh, type of thing. And, and I think Portimonense could actually be, be a, a, have a good run, especially because in their league, I don't think they play. They obviously play Benfica uh, Thursday. But then after that, they have quite, um, well, not easy run because every team will be fighting for something, but an easier run until the end. And in the last game, they play they play Braga. But I think Imarães are able to make enough points to, to secure sixth place. Yeah, I wouldn't bet against it, to be honest. Uh, so, say because if we both say Imarães, then it will be another team. So <laughs> Yeah, <That's it. laughs> we've pretty much, I mean, just keep the table as it is. Actually, just... <laughs> Stop the counts. You may as well. I mean, that actually does take us to the other end of the table because this our is... Our favourite topic in our, the show. Our favourite topic. We are just relegation merchants, aren't we? We absolutely love it. It's so good. Do you know, like, I was thinking, why do we like it so much? And obviously there's a lot of themes involved, but for me it's because in every team, almost oh, every team, are you, you about can to see say... some... Go on, say, sorry, Kelly. <laughs> say something like interesting, like or a player, or the manager, <laughs> or the the normal environment around the ground, and it's like you just find yeah. the, a sweet spot for everyone. Yeah, that's to to be. I was gonna I was gonna say managers and players. I think the the, the each club has got, and we we've covered national and national are the team that we've pretty much just relegated on this show yeah. ourselves, um on twenty one points, but then <laughs> the teams around that, everyone has got a story. You're right. You both you speak about both Easter and we look at the players that they've got, um the likes of Angel Gomes and and then we look at Ferenc who are just on this, I mean. Not all Ryan goals because I think a lot of what friends do well, especially defensively in terms of frustrating teams, but not being a defensive team that actually you know they, they do play good football at times. Sometimes they just yeah, lack and that final yeah. ball. I think a little bit and, and the they have a play that I really like as well. Apart from from Ryan, it's uh, Pedro Pedro Henriques, the striker. I think yeah, he, he can play in a, in a bit of higher level. Technically, yeah. so good. And and this is this these type of players that you watch these that's what's that's what's I think that's why there's so many teams down there because usually you look at a team who's down there and you think they've got insert player's name, you know, they've got this player. Why are they down there? But it seems like every single team has got someone like that. And it doesn't have to be an individual player or like it can be, you know, a collective unit. Familiar Cow, you're looking at Familiar Cow, yeah, they may have lost, but their form, you know, since they've had that change has been you know, not short of brilliant as well. The draw against Sporting, the the, the win against Passos, the the battered Maritimo, they drew against Braga. They've been in like, you know, really. Even that defeat took me a little bit by surprise, to be honest. I, I, 
But then again, it's against the speed team we've just been speaking about in Portimonense, who've who've been impressive recently. So I was two sort of informed teams coming in, and you know usually they can only be one winner. Um, they'll brush themselves off. They'll go back. I see they're only on twenty seven points, so they're actually only what three three points off off the relegation zone. But to be honest, I don't. I don't see that being a problem. Do you know when we were on our f- on the relegation pod ages ago? Did I say to you that I thought that both Madeira clubs were going to get relegated? I said it'd be both. Last of those. time we spoke about it because yeah, I remember that we went to really back in history to find out when was the last time that Maritim yes. went down. Yeah, that was it was and it yeah, and it was ages ago, wasn't it? Like he said, like eighties. I don't remember anymore exactly the day. But I think it was um, eighty five or something like that. I can't remember whether it we even it even made it into the podcast, but I remember speaking about it and we said, "Yeah, we definitely spoke about it." We said, "We I cannot believe that I'm just relegating both Madeira clubs here. There's such history." <laughs> but now you're looking at the table; it's jiggled around a little bit, and you've got National 18th look sort of as good as gone. Maritimo on 24 points; they're not as good as gone yet. There's still a battle to be had. Um, they've actually they've won more games. There are a lot of the teams above them. They've won more games than Ferenc, Familia Cowboy, Vista, Grioav, Bellens is sad. So but they don't they they're another team. Um they don't draw games. <laughs> they they've drawn three games all season and that's like you look at someone like Bellinitz is sad, they've drawn twelve times. It's like yeah, that's why they're faded up the table because they've got twelve extra points. They're drawing games when they know they can't win. Whereas Maritimo, again, that aside, you, you love to win games and also lose games a lot. So it's again tonight. We saw friends. We saw a usual, you know, a, a standard performance from them. They they played well. Um, in terms of when they're on the ball, they've got some. You know, we just mentioned two of them there. It's technically good players. When Gold gets on the ball uh, and tries to sort of play those eye eye the needle passes. Uh, and I think he he was let down a little bit last week uh, against Sporting in in terms of some of the, the 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 moves that he tried to set up and some of the sort of attacks that he you know tried to engineer was whether it be playing it those passes out wide and and the wingers just not making that right decision or hitting the first man or trying to come back inside and he was you could see it on his face at times he was a little bit frustrated but I think a player like that when you're playing. Uh, you know, at such a high level, which he's done all season, and when you're as good as he is, you, that, you know, a little bit of frustration is, is natural, and also, he stands out so much, just because he's he's so much better, he deserves to be playing at, at, at a better level, and again, I, I do like friends as well, they're one of the teams I do enjoy watching, Um, but it's clear to see when he's on, when he's on the ball, he's, he's usually head and shoulders the best player on the pitch, that's why he's got to my... Memory, the most man of the match awards in the in the league of the season. Right, I'm moving away from the Premier League. We are to finish off the show. We're going to talk about another league that's got a title battle that's really heating up in Portugal, and that's in the uh, the Segunda Liga, the Liga Sabseg. At the minute, you've got Estoril at the top of the league. They've got a nine-point gap. They're on 64 points. Uh, second place is Vizela, and then the third place is Chaves. Now, this season, going f- and going forward, the 
Premier League. I don't think we've actually spoke about this before, have we, Philippe? The um, the sort of the new change, so, yeah. the playoff system, uh, the so the third place in the Segunda Liga and the third from bottom in the Premier League will face each other in uh, a playoff. So those top two spots are automatic, but it's really heating up in terms of Estrell. Ah, uh, you know they're doing. They're in a great position. They've only lost three games all season, but Vizela are on fifty-five points. Shavs third on fifty-two points. They're in that playoff spot. But then you've got Academica who are in fourth place, fifty-two points. So they're level with Shavs. And then you've got Feyenoord on fifty-one. Aruja on fifty. And then um, that's sort of it. The rest of the teams are are, are way off. So. From first, well, from if we count Stadil as, as pretty much done, uh, if you go down from second place down to to uh, to sixth, there's so much to play for there. Philippe, I know it's a, it's a league that's been gripping your interest uh, recently, and in particular, you've got some very good words to say about Vizela and their um, and their style of play. So uh, fill us in what's been going on and and how do you see it going forward. Yeah, he's, he's been uh, amazing to watch. He's, he's honestly something that if uh, you have a bit of free time, um, go and, and check if there's any game on because every game is, is very, very good. So, like you said, Turil is, is done. They're probably going to go up officially next uh, next week. Um, and they play really well, very good football. We have an article on a website. If you want to know more, it's, it's, been, um, it's, it's a very good team to watch, I think. Is one of the best teams in Segunda Liga ever in terms of how they play. Um, so very, very good. Then in second place, yes, Vizela. They are very good at playing. Um, they, they, they are very similar to to Stirling in, in some things in how they kept the ball really well. They have a player that he was he started as a winger and now for Vizela, he plays a, is more as a, in a as a centre mid, which is Samu. Which is probably and, and even Cassiar as the as the striker, they they two players that can easily play in the first division. And you think is is a, a very small club, only been in Primera Liga once, I think in the eighty four eighty five season, so a long long time ago. And it's a club that went up from the the Campeonato Portugal, which is easy to understand, the third division in Portugal until well this year next year will will change, but they went up and now they're fighting to get up again. So. To relate to probably English people, a story in terms of the club and how family looks, I would say Sheffield United, they have a similar story, I guess. Uh, then in third place, Chaves, which was a few weeks ago, they changed their manager and, and it looked like they had no chance whatsoever. But since the new manager came along, they, they started with two draws and then a few wins recently brought them to third place. Then Academica, is, Academica and Ferenc is... Uh, it is is interesting to to see as well in the in this fight because Academica was uh, I don't know two months ago they were in first they actually overtook Sturilo and Sturilo had a lot of games in the in the Taça de Portugal, but since then they've been they draw a few games then they won again then they're back on drawing they they're losing a lot of points same thing with Feirense. Uh, started really well. They had the manager of the month in February and then in March they sacked him because he, they were losing games in a row but. Is one of the changes in manager that we it's hard to understand, and then Aroca, another great story. They 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 people uh, remember because they've been in the Premier League a few seasons uh, ago, 
they went down really hard. A lot of depth took them to the the third division, and now they're fighting again to to get promoted. So very very good stories, and and will be very interesting to see until the end. And then on the other side of the table, you have uh, seven teams fighting to to stay. So just to to know, Copa de Piedad on thirty one, Covilhão on thirty one. Academic Viseu on 29, Vila Franquense on 27, Oliveirense on 27, then on the last two places, Verzi on 27 and Porto B on 26. So every game until the end of the season, and is only five games left, uh, will be very, very good to watch because a lot of teams play actually good football and most of the, them will be all to get promoted or not to get relegated of something to play for. So very yeah. interesting to see indeed. There's lots, as you say, there. It encompasses a lot of teams in terms of the top and the bottom. It's not like yeah. it's a relegation battle with three teams, and it's a it's a you know a promotion title battle with three teams. It's you know it encompasses you know pretty much what seventy eighty percent of the league have got. Yeah, only to five play for. teams don't. Yeah. They probably uh, safe not to go down, and they're and not going to be able yeah. to to go up. Uh, is thirteen teams fighting for something? So it's always in terms good, so. of. Um, in terms of games, you were saying then as well to try and watch uh, a game. There's a cracker coming up. The next day, the next game actually for for both of these teams is um, third place Javs again, fifty two points, and then fourth place Academica, fifty two points. Their next game is of course against each other uh, in Coimbra, so that's in um, in three days time. So. Shavs have to go to, to Coimbra, play Academica. Shavs are on a run of uh, five straight victories, which is um which is brilliant. And as you say, since the manager came in, they had those those draws and then um they drawn against Porto Bay and then went on that run of, of five wins. So very, very interesting to see how they get on uh going to Coimbra. A side who recently have drawn a lot of matches. Um so yeah, looking looking forward to seeing how that one plays out as well, and and um, sort of hoping to the more time that we get with with the podcast as well, as this sort of season comes to a close, document more about the second league as well because it's always interesting, as you say, some of the teams who, who play terrific football, and also because we cover a lot of the Premier League, it's it's nice to get a bit of an insight into the teams who are coming up, uh, who possibly can be coming up. And um, and yeah, and with the league restructured as well, that's something that'll be going up on the website within the next couple of days. So, Philippe just alluded to the fact that the system is going to change, and it is. So basically, there's going to be it's how it used to be a couple of years back. There'll be a third, an actual third division, whereas at the moment, obviously, you got your Primera and Segunda, and then you got the Campeonato, which is in effect the third division but it's it's not like for English listeners division three isn't like for example league, league one, two yeah. yeah or league one or league two yeah sorry league one it's it's split up it's sort of like into um like locality it's split into different they call them city don't they like um city b city, city yeah. c so what is it city mm, is it numbers no, or letters? City a, yeah city a city b city yeah. c yeah so it, it's split into uh, spain do the same thing as well spain have like a, a like a regional sort of system and then 
it's this big fight between all these different uh, series, the teams who finish at the top, and then they go into like this like mini mini tournament sort of thing to, to get promoted. That will all be changing in terms of this third division. We'll bring in another third division that'll look a bit more like the Premier and the Segunda. So that'll be explained fully in English. Uh, that'll be coming in the website in the next couple of days because I think we need to before the season ends, make that clear as to what's happening next season. And um, myself and Philippe will be doing these really cool podcasts where we look at every European Championship that Portugal have been involved in, in the run-up to Euro 2020-21. And speaking to people who perhaps who were there, people who have memories of it, journalists, fans, um, there'll be lots of like interview footage within the podcast from you know taking from clips and goals and we'll just be really doing a big deep dive into the european championships that you may not know about i mean for for example me personally my european championship my my knowledge stretches back but my actual memory i was born in 95 so i remember 2004 very very fondly that's one of my favorite tournaments ever despite losing in the final but euro 2000 Obviously, being back, revisited that. But in terms of actually fresh memories, I don't really remember anything before 2000. So, doing what I do and being so invested in Portuguese football, I've went back and watched every World Cup and European Championship Portugal have been involved in because I'm sad like that. But um, <laughs> it, it sort of helped me to develop and understand uh, you know, things that came before me. So, I think these, these podcasts will give... People, perhaps people who weren't even around for 2000 or 2004 or even 2008. You know, I think people born in 2007, 2008, would be what, like 15 now, 14, 15. So, so like, I mean, exactly. Um, for, for me, 2008 is like five is years ago. A good turn now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. So, point You're making remains. everyone depressed. Now I'm doing yeah. their math to see well, how old or young the they were in 2008. That, what, what about the people who are listening to this who are young and they've just felt really happy hearing that I'm born in 95? <laughs> no. Those are the you're, younger you're even listeners older. are thinking like, really, there was football before 2008? Like, <laughs> what was that? Figo? <laughs> I don't remember this guy. Who is this? Yeah. Sosa? Who? <laughs> <laughs> first time they see Fernando Couto's hairstyle they go what <laughs> <laughs> or the old moustaches Humberto <laughs> Coelho I'm sure who else who had a oh, I don't even get started on the 80s but anyway the um, so yeah the point, point point remains that'll be coming soon and then other than that I think it's You're nice still to forgetting be... something just because it's my favourite part oh this guy and his Próxima jornada, produção. Próxima jornada, produção. Próxima jornada, brought to you by. Próxima. Oh, no, no, what's what's, what's, what's brought to you by in Portuguese? Oh, a patrocinada por. Próxima jornada. Um, the seller's so, product, which is as the name of the product and it's sponsored by the product. Yeah, so yeah. amazing. Próximo Jornada, so, brought to you by. <laughs> Go you on. should actually be happy. So, right now, I'll let you know that I have four points and you have five. So, you're yeah. winning, mate. So, you're on fire. Have a ball the three I... games for this week. First one is big game on Thursday Porto against Guimarães. 
one and XO two. Do you remember the rules? Oh yeah, of course. Um, of course. What's my what? Well, I was about to ask the question, my favorite question, but <laughs> but I know it's <laughs> I know it's at the Estadio de Dragao. So um, <laughs> no, I'm gonna go for a for a Porto win. I think they need to improve on. So I'm gonna go for a one. I think they need to improve massively on the national display. I think they'll need to up the level just in terms of the the just they're playing against a much better team than Nacional they're playing against a team who can pose them much more of a threat but I think that might also play into Porto's hands because if they can find especially if if, if um is fullbacks and wingers uh, they'll have to pick and choose when they uh, fullbacks and wingers when they when they go when they attack when they sit and I think Porto might be able to find some space in behind uh, yeah I can see I think the game is just is huge for Porto. I think it's too big to not win, to be honest. So we'll see. But yeah, what about yourself? What are you going? I wouldn't. I'll go for Porto as well. I think it's going to be very similar to the Sporting Guimarães game, which is in that game Guimarães play with three at the back as well. Guimarães now always plays with three at the back. Yeah. Uh, so I see. I, I see a lot of the same same thing happening. She's Guimarães trying to get on the on the counter, maybe create a yeah. few dangerous situations. I'm more curious to see how Porto is going to play uh, because this now uh, this weekend he played with the four three three with uh, Grinich as a uh, number six, but he's not number six because even in that game you could see him moving forward so much and that created so many gaps that even you know were able to explore. So I think yeah. Imran is going to try to to go for for counters where the the wingers or the wide forwards are not actually so wide. They trying to pick up the ball behind behind that in between those two lines because Pepe when he needs to come out and press the player if he's not able to win the ball he tries to win to do the full but Pepe against Edward if Edward gets him on the speed or on Ooh. the turn will be and Zaidu and Pepe that's the problem which is when Zaidu goes forward if they don't have a number six that sits to drop in and cover yeah Pepe against a uh, fast player that will be his problem needs, not when the yeah. game is in front but when he needs to cover that space yeah it might be it might be uh, two positions but, at once isn't it you, need, you yeah. need two players to be as you say if you've got a natural number six as soon as you go it's dropping in and moving out but yeah they don't seem to yeah. I would not even that. be surprised if he plays with um Diogo Leite as a false uh, left back to cover that space and allow yeah. Diaz to be uh, more forward so well. We'll see. Then second game, big game. I swear I didn't change. You were speaking about this game not long ago. Academic against Shavs. Right, to bring up. <laughs> and it's in Coimbra. <laughs> He's in Coimbra, mate. Well done. You know that. <laughs> I am going to go with an X. X. Is X, X a draw, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the draw only because form, uh, academic. I think drawn four and one one. Like they've won the, the most recent game, and obviously, uh, Shav has come into it in, in great form. But yeah, I can just something's telling me it. Uh, I was gonna go with the Shav, so I was gonna go for an away win to be honest. But I, I could never do that. I never go for the away win. Doing, I go with. The, <laughs> I'm gonna go with a draw, and I actually, I'm gonna give you the score. We... I think it'll. I think it'll finish two two. I think it'll be a cracker of a oh, game. What a cracker! Yeah. So yeah, you got to tune in now, but don't blame me when it's nil nil and there's <laughs> yeah. one shot on target. Boring nil nil. No, it's not. It's not going to be. It might be a nil nil, but it's not going to be boring. Academica no. defends quite well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are. They came from a good win. Uh, 
yesterday or two days ago, uh, 2-0. So, but I went for a draw as well. Uh, I can see Xavi more with the ball and Academica trying to get on the break. But but will be balanced. Neither of the teams will want to lose because it might be... Um, it's one of the games that I think they more worry about losing the game than, than trying to win. Yeah. Right now, last game is going to be a, a broad one because I was upset with the Super League one. So it's none from England, Spain or Italy. We went to France. Lyon oh. against Lille, which is uh, a lot of Portuguese Oy, inside loss. of it. And a very big game. French League on massive, fire. Massive game. And I'm going to go with perhaps the first time I've ever went with an away win. <laughs> I'm going to go with a win. I'm going to go with a win. I, I, I'm thinking about... The fact that both teams are absolutely flying. Uh, Leon are trying to sort of hunt hunt them two down at the top, Lille and PSG. I think Lille, I want, personally, I'll be honest, because usually I just pick this based on what I think. I want Lille to win, because I want Lille to win Lyon. And I'm usually quite uh, non-biased. I'm usually quite, what's the word? Like, I'm usually quite objective i'm usually you know i sort of just provide information and not really but i do i want leo to win league on big time <laughs> i want them to win i want them to win for for jeca josephond renato sanchez um thiago dalo i just i want them to win i want that's not against psg either and also commend psg for their non-involvement in, in the absolute shambles that has happened over the past couple of days, whether you believe the non-involvement is because of, you know, to do with the World Cup or to do with their ownership, I'm not bothered. They didn't take part in it and yeah. hats off to them. Same to Who Bayern. would say that in the, in the Champions League semi-finals I would support PSG now? No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> and, um, I think they kicked them all off the Champions League, anyone that was even involved with it. Just give it to PSG, why not? Um, and My one, I would go, yeah, I'm going to go actually for Leon. I oh. think, yeah, I I go for home team here. I think well, Lille came to draw uh, on Friday, and yeah. I I since the big since we start talking about this, I feel like eventually Lille will start to to drop points. So I think will be it really. So Lyon is my bet, and we will see next week who gets the most number of points. Oh, average is one. <laughs> I, I can't believe the the, um, the the yeah you've you've been playing on Lille's downfall ever since we <laughs> I started bringing you know, oh no PSG will do it PSG you know what as well what killed me the other day and again I've got absolutely nothing against PSG but them scoring that um, the game where they won three two. And it, it what, like, a game, oh, what a game! It was a it was a brilliant game, and as I say, still a neutral. I mean, whoever wins it, I mean, if 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 PSG win it, then Danilo Pereira, well done, and um, he's he's featuring a lot now in that team as well. Yeah, um, he's centre back. He's yeah, he, he been playing frequently. Um, so yeah, but I just I just I mean, I'd like I'd like them to win it because I just love. Jose Font and I love Renato Sanchez. <laughs> I love Sanchez so much. I mean, I think the people on who follow Prosimo Jonathan on Twitter, I just sometimes will just it's a stan account for for Renato because I just love posting videos and pictures of him because I just think he's so good. But um, yeah, that's my own personal personal bias there creeping in. But 
that's why I founded a website so I could tell everyone else what I feel. <laughs> um, so this is always the thing I look forward to the most. So yeah, we've had a, a break, but now we're back. And actually, I'm gonna try and do more episodes, get these European Championship episodes released. Um, just gonna try and get some more interviews and stuff in the next couple of weeks as well. That's still in the pipeline. So yeah, we're back. Oh, and also just a final word, because some people have asked me. I actually got a tweet earlier. Um, the t-shirt the there's more coming on the t-shirt that's basically it so I haven't forgot about it um, the t-shirts will be coming soon but just so much has been happening hence why we stopped the podcast for a bit and um, yeah I'm still waiting for the still waiting for some of them to come back from from the because we pressed up a couple of different with like different variations and um, one some of them had the logo on the back some of them had the logo on the front so it's just been getting so the one that I posted online is just like a the first sample. People loved it, but that's it looks slightly different to that now. It looks even better in my opinion. So yeah, more coming on that. And then other than that, I think that pretty much brings us to the end of the podcast. So made up to be back, Philippe. Thanks. Buzzing to be back. Buzzing Thank to you. Be back. No and problem. See you next time.